Oh, hello, and welcome to Al Dente Rigamortis, the travel edition. <laughs> A travelogue. <laughs> welcome, fair traveler. Welcome to our world. Can I get you a flask of ale? We're in the mysterious land known as America. Indiana. Eerie Indiana. And I am Review Cultist. And with me today, we have... Hi, I'm Matt from The Drunk and the Ugly. Hi, I'm Travis from The Drunk and the Ugly. Yes, so I decided to travel down to Gen Con and... See what that is can, all about. You can hear music from the Gen Con here. Yeah. So enjoy that. Yeah. Enjoy this BGM. Yeah. Um, and do a uh, a discussion of uh, a creepypasta with Matt and Travis from Drunk of the Ugly um, in real life. For reals. Yes. We're oh. actually here. He for knows real. we exist. For reals. Yeah. Or maybe nothing exists. Maybe we're all in a ma- maybe we're all an illusion in your head. Or the illusion of a or uh, the dream of uh, some small child in a coma. Yes, yes. As we all know, as we all know, cops crossed over with X Files was crossed over with Chicago Hope, which crossed over with Homicide: Life on the Streets, which crossed over with SVU. Yep. Yeah. Every nothing exists. Yeah. And also, cops crossed over with reality. So and with that, and vis-a-vis reality is fake. Yeah. It's yes. So what the hell are we talking about? <laughs> We're going to talk about a uh, special little creepypasta. That was brought to my attention by Matt, um, called Snuff. <laughs> yes, um, a short horror story by Stephen Shorter. Yes. Is it Stephen Shorter because his name is shorter than the short horror story? Or is it the actual name Stephen Shorter? Nobody knows. Nobody is it Mr. Rose? It's spooky. Yeah. Spooky. It says, no, it's creepy. Oh, it's creepy. It's not spooky, Pasta. Go for it. Yeah, sure. Um... Won't go into the run, the full-on rundown because I'm going to be doing that with Dr. Leviathan when I get back. Also, the rundown was a movie with The Rock. We can't talk about that. It's, it's not a horror movie. I don't know. He had that baseball bat. That was Walking Tall. It's a rock movie. They're all the same, except for the Tooth Fairy one. And I only know that one's different because he has wings. <laughs> yeah, true. He still got a baseball bat in that one. Suffice to say. <laughs> <laughs> if I decide to keep this part in, <laughs> um, you can go check out uh, the reading of the creepypasta snuff from uh, Drunk and the Spooky um, on their YouTube channel. On the YouTube channel, it's also on our uh, main site. Yes, and it will be in the description below wherever this gets posted. Yes. So, um, I guess just first impressions about the story. Um, yeah, I started. Uh, I read it and then I listened to it um, by your reading, and. Yeah, it was just like it gave me like a familiar, like gave me definitely like a strong like mental image of like what this guy was going through, and it's got a, it's it's very it has very good descriptive imagery. For yeah, sure. and um, yeah. yeah, and um, definitely like has definitely has that like r- kind of gritty realism darkness to it. Like there isn't anything inherently supernatural to it. It's kind of like True Detective. That's in terms why of- <laughs> Travis was saying that just before just before we, we came here. Like, yeah, like, that's, like, my first impression is just like, wow, this is really dark and really kind of creepy, but not for any, like, supernatural means, aside from, like, the interspliced video, um, like, description that is given, mm-hmm. where it's, like, they're static and, like, it's kind of like an artsy, creepy artsy film thing going. Yeah, but I mean, honestly, like, their static is, this guy's bad at editing videos. Yeah, exactly. He's too busy doing the murderizing. Yeah. Although he's good enough to, he's good enough to cut himself out of the frame, because he's not an idiot. Not quite. Not quite. There was still, like, we still know it was, like, um... We know he's African-American. That's yeah. about it. 
You sure it wasn't just a gloved hand? No, there, he has a body. <laughs> he has like, a, you can see no, it in... I don't know. Body. Maybe you can get it confused. <laughs> I'm stroking my non-existent beard. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I'll probably have Dr. Leviathan and I have a full discussion and I'm sure I'll be trying to feebly defend myself because <laughs> uh, I'm sure he'll read it and be like, oh, what is this? Unless I'm wrong. Um, but yeah, let's see what you guys had to say about it. So, I, uh, the True Detective one is very good in that I feel like I didn't get creeped out, I didn't get any sense of dread or horror, it just felt like an introduction to a series, specifically almost Twin Peaks or, you know, True Detective, that type of supernatural detective one that has that basis in reality that as you go on things get more bizarre and more apparent that something is wrong with the world. It was. It, it felt like an introductory scene or even an introductory episode to a new intellectual property. You know, here's the story. Here, here's the somebody receives the letters from this individual explaining what happened. He's in here because they just have to find something to get him out to keep him out so this board doesn't spread. And somebody's like, I have to figure out what's going on. Imagery was good. Sound effects. I never read it. I only listened to it. The the sound effects that we added and that Sam added actually helped. Kind of. Sam just read it. Well, that Mr. <laughs> Campen added uh, actually helped increase the enjoyability of it. Um, it, it gave you, it, it, on top of hearing the words, which are a beautiful word and kind of a good put together, it adds that little, that added depth to it to kind of give it a little bit of an oomph. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's. Um, Stephen Shorter. Stephen Shorter is. Um, I, I'm. He already. He already gets a lot of marks above a lot of stories on the show, because um, he puts a lot of editing work into his stuff. It's very well. It's very well constructed. Um, it's very. It's very. Uh, uh, most of the time, we give we give stories points for being literally competent. This one is. This one is. Uh, is at, at least above average. Yeah. Um, he's got he's got very he's he evokes he evokes very good imagery and all things he talks about. The characters the characters feel uh, very realized. Even the even the old man that runs the porn shop, yeah. like they, he goes into detail about like talking about how he's an old he, he's an old man. His shop went out of business because video shops don't exist anymore. But he still sells stuff. He still makes a living selling stuff from Mexico. He's got he's got this he's got the the twenty two rifle that he sawed off in case the cops show up or something. He's got his ferrets that run around in his trash piles. Yeah, he really gives like a lot. He gives a lot of detail about like this guy's life. Yeah, yeah we and yeah we we and that guy that guy's like that guy's on the other side of the story. Like he's he's he is um he's a single like piece of it. He's a guy yeah. that he's the guy that delivers the letters, and he's got even he's got that much characterization to himself. Yep. Yeah, like he definitely get a lot of that like in his writing and him explaining himself, like why he why what he what his his view of the world is um, and how it's been tainted and stuff, and then why he and like he's just kind of giving his life story to try and explain to whoever's reading the letters, like that he really wasn't involved with this, but he he was involved. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was. He was the bystander, or he was. End, wrong place he was. Time. He was. Yeah, he was the end recipient. Admittedly, it's not like he hasn't done a lot of things wrong himself, as he does start the story off by saying, and many of the things I own may be marked illegal by the jurisdiction of West Virginia. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, but uh, I think similarly, Travis, the story didn't really. The story didn't really. Uh, I wasn't really. I wasn't scared by this story. 
Also, sorry for the noises. Again, we were recording yeah, this in a we convention are hall. This. Yeah. So it's like that other one that you recorded in the park with a dog. <laughs> There's a dog. There's, oh yeah. yeah a but he's a dog. Yeah. Um, but uh, in any case, um, yeah, I wasn't really scared by it, but I was, I was intrigued. Yeah. Um, in as much as like the, in, in as much as all, all the things, all the things setting this up, um, the. Uh, that Mr. who Mr. Crows is 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 interesting. Um, all the different ways he goes to this. The fact that they they make it very very clear that Karen Shabon is not his first victim and will not be his yeah. last victim. Yeah, like this. It, it's not super. It's not inherently supernatural, but there is definitely like an almost an occult or esoteric like feel to like what the, like ritual to what this guy does. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not. It's never. He, he has it there's there is a rich there is a ritual to it but I think it's he's it's not it's not a it's not an occult thing he's a serial killer yeah. it's a serial it's a, it's a ritualized serial killer and that yeah. it just happens to be in a very bizarre way he does it yeah. I was thinking just a second ago like deadly premonitions feel similar but at the same time that is clearly more bizarre than this one so. yeah no or also yeah similarly like similarly to Twin Peaks that like that guy will always wrap people in plastic and shove a thing in there yeah. in their nails and yeah. then throw them in a lake like this guy this guy's Where whole thing where is Annie cause yeah cause <laughs> Annie okay um Watch Twin Peaks. There's a new season coming out eventually. Yeah. Um, but yeah, then sim- similar to this way, like this guy, this guy's, this guy's thing isn't like when you get down to it, it's not that bizarre. Like he, he will, he, he goes, he goes in like, uh, he goes and seduces some young woman, and then like is doing something like he's gonna make a sex tape, and then like beats them to death with a claw hammer, like or yeah. or close enough to death that they can't resist, and then strings them up to a tree and barbed wire, and then yeah. something gets, and then they decompose. Yeah, and then yeah. there's also like um, like he brings Chobot to one of the trees that has a body there, and, just, and she's like it was kind of confusing to me. It's like why is she just like she looks at it and then like is like fighting down. Or like fighting, uh, either she's sitting there and she's talking, and they haven't been able to figure out what she's saying. Yeah, it's and also that adds the esoteric strangeness to it. Yeah. Well, at the same time, you can also think about it. Um, did you ever see that movie? I think it was called Mr. Smith. Um, it had, I think, Kevin. It was Kevin Cosner was the serial killer. Yes. And there's the guy that watches him, and oh. it could also be the thing. Like maybe Karen Shabon also wanted to also wanted to get on in this. We don't know a lot about Karen Shabon yeah. aside from aside from she was a very she was a very loose girl, and uh, and the, the even the main the main character didn't know a lot about her because he's a he's a shy quiet uh, he's a shy quiet individual mm-hmm. who got beat up a lot in high school. Yeah, and I only knew her after he class. he had he had he put her on a pedestal and kind of worshipped her like he didn't he didn't have a healthy relationship with her either. Yeah, it was a it's a repugnant character that's given a, a backstory for you to feel sympathy for being repugnant, and then just you you can tell that there's a reason he's messed up, and that it's no longer it, it adds that level of like this guy is crazy, this guy is in jail. Well, maybe he's telling us the truth. It it adds it makes it so he's not a unreliable narrator. Yeah. And then it's kind of cut in the middle by the by the police evidence report uh, which describes the tape and um, I kind of like the detachment from that and I almost I, I I like part of me almost wonders like if that if the tape was just a separate story on its own in an in almost like an SCP sort of fashion just like this is the tape this is the contents of the tape and these kind of those kinds of things. It, it, it felt as if they were two separate things that are smashed together. It feels as if maybe, if I think the narration of it 
it, it feels as if he was writing it for a movie or some type of visual medium almost because it seems as if the the videotape it, it, it feels as if when you when you give me a videotape for a story and you start describing it, I know there's details I'm missing and that there's details you're giving me for free. The point of like a creepy pasta with a videotape, even if it's a really poor one, is for you to get details that you miss. So like being able to watch it and oh, you know, watching a, a snuff film, which you would never be able to do, I understand, but being able to see like oh, it's clearly not a hand, that would add to creep of like oh man, maybe it's not this guy, and then seeing the other one, even just acted out with poor CGI, would up the the the, the creepy factor of it and yeah. make it a little bit more. I, like I've mentioned and we've mentioned, we I wasn't creeped by it. It was more it more intrigued me than scary. I think I, if we had a visual aspect to it, it would up the significance of it. Yeah, yeah, like it. It creeps me out in that, like, some Criminal Minds episodes, or, like, like then, like, kind of, like, serial killer. The Poughkeepsie, uh, the, um, Poughkeepsie Tapes, I think it's called, is a found footage, um, mockumentary kind of thing about a serial killer, and it has, um, <laughs> and it has a, a lot of, um, uh, found footage, it has, like, footage that the guy recorded and stuff. Yeah. It actually kind of reminds me a little bit of this, um... But that creeps me out in the fact that it's like, again, like by the end of the story, we find out that, well, the killer, he wasn't really, well, he may or may not be the killer. Yeah. And if, so, if that's the case, then the killer's still out there. So you're kind of left to, you're left in that kind of fear of it. It's just like. like I mean, we already get the, we get the thing at the, um, are you talking about the man in the video? The man in the video, the yeah. Okay, yeah. That's, that's possible because they, yeah, when it actually comes to, when it actually comes to the murder part. It's just said that, like, there's a hammer, it moves really fast, it's a blur of motion, the camera becomes unfocused. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we just kind of have the things, we, we just kind of have a voice. Go yeah. for it. Um, but yeah, like, I mean, like, the, um, not so much, like, not so, like the video to end, some of that, but, um, like, when he goes down to the basement and he finds, like, he finds the, the cycle of the tapes. Of tapes that this guy has made, and he's just been doing, like, tons of... And it's apparent that, that nobody's been here for a long time. The guy cleans up very well after he after whatever he does. Yeah, until um, the cops show up, and then <laughs> which show was, up right as he shows yeah, up. Yeah, like after yeah, he which explores is, a house of leaves esque. He starts talking about yeah, the, 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 the bizarre, literally a house of leaves, <laughs> literally a house of leaves, and then talks about the bizarre the, the bizarre architecture, as I call it, the bizarre architecture. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It was it kind of like out of place. There's almost. actually one thing I didn't one thing I didn't realize until I actually talked to Steven Schroeder. He makes a couple of references to other stories in there. Uh, one of them, there's a reference, and I, I can't remember exactly what it is now, but there's a reference to if you've read the Cosby Daft story, uh, Normal Porn for Normal People dot com. Uh, there's a reference. There's a reference to that one, and that I think he mentions that there's a kitchen with a chair in it that's sitting like, on, okay. and, and that's one of the that's one of the videos that shows up on that on that website in that story. Well, at some point. We we gotta do that one too. So yeah, that was one of Cosby Dash's earliest stories. Hmm. Um, what were you saying before I uh, cut you off? The uh, the when he's exploring the architecture and the house, the postmodern one with all the angles and the non-Euclidean geometry in, inside of it, that felt that felt out of place to me. Well, one of the things, yeah, well, it, it felt only out of place to me only because it used the word like non-Euclidean because it could have just been like an old building. Yeah, because an old build, an old abandoned building is it's creepy. creepy. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. it, 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 it's full of musties and hallways and things like that. I think that was another problem that you hit on. He's non-Euclidean, and even though he has read Lolita and he's in jail, he seems much he seems better spoken than he should be. 
for a kid that was failing out, getting beat up in high school, and then finds this and then goes to jail, even if he has read Alita a hundred times, he's using words and phrases that don't strike me as something that an individual would use unless they're trying to scare you. He feels too intellectual for... Intel- it's, it's one of those where I know it's a creepypasta, and reading it and hearing it read to me, I can tell it's being written in such a way to be scary. So, like, I'm writing this letter, let me explain what I saw. Oh my god, the, d- the detritus and the cyclopean, non-Euclidean and all this stuff. I read that and I go, you're clearly trying to scare me. <laughs> Simplify the words down, write it like a person that... M- and, and it would probably help a little. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, to... I mean, he's, he could... Yeah, I, I, I'm willing to forgive that one because he's he's a he's a shy, quiet person with no friends that reads a lot of books. He could so, be he could be very well read. Okay. Yeah. Um, and I I do see what I do see where you're going there. Um, but I don't have if he if there was more if there's more emphasis to to give us that he was like he was more of a thug or a punk because you can you can like there are people that drop the drop out of school that are still like mathematical geniuses because they drop out and just read math books yeah. or even like creative writers so. yeah that's so it's yeah. Yeah. So that's that's a that's a that's a thing I'll that's a thing I'll give it is that he can he can be very well spoken and very well read especially since he does he doesn't have a lot to do in prison these days. <laughs> and I guess that's the other one is I don't know the time frame between going to prison and not uh, and when the the letters are because if it is a big enough time frame for him to just sit there and read I can accept that it just there doesn't. Well, he's also he's also been talking about like he. He's the, he's a he's an individual who's like clearly in his twenties. He talks yeah. About, yeah. he talks about like he talks about high school as a as you know a, a thing of whimsy, even though it was a place that sucked and where he got beaten up. But it's yeah, and it's it, fond it's fond old memories. I guess I don't. Yeah. I got yeah, and that that's probably the context I missed is that definitely Gerlin's credence that he has had time to kind of read, write and get a better you know grasp of grammar. I thought it was like he's like eighteen or twenty. But no. yeah, I, I clearly missed that. So yeah, yeah, I saw it more or less. It was like in his late twenties or something. Um, yeah, one thing that does this is a minor thing that really kind of bugged me. That, um, so I think at the beginning of the mo- the the story, the movie, um, the story, um, uh, he, he's talking about how he's like in his uh, doing it, like doing the deal or something like that to get the tape, and the guy calls him Bry, but then they redact his name at the end of the story. It just kind of like it's well they. Oh yeah, I never, I never thought about that. So his like, yeah. is his name. I did hear I, I, about that. I, I figure his name is. Like, I figure his name is Brian. I mean, we don't know his last name. Obviously. To be fair, you can keep a pseudonym because it doesn't give any information about the individual. Yeah. So calling you Brian is like me calling you, you know, Doctor yeah, Manhattan or yeah. whatever nickname you want to go by and. Review cultists. Yeah. Review cultists. Clearly <laughs> not their real name, but I'll, I mean, you can throw that in there. And it, but I read your driver's license. Our <laughs> cultists, six foot ace of clubs. <laughs> what about the ace of base? I color all of them. Kaleidoscope. C L E I. Wow. Now I'm yeah. just describing my OC. I have I have kaleidoscope wings. There's one that's a fairy, and one wing is a dragon's wing, and one's a bat wing, and one's a bird's wing. I got an angel wing and a devil wing right next to each other. They're yep. different than the bat wing and the bird's wings. But so, it's okay. It's one I, wing, though. You realize it's a one-wing fodder angel. for the artwork, right? <laughs> for the title card. <laughs> it's fine. 
You're just describing like Discord from My Little Pony. Because this, <laughs> this weird chimera that's all these things. Uh, why do I know that? I don't even watch that show. <laughs> Congratulations, you just added yourself as a, a pony. I mean, whatever. I'm already brony. Yeah, that shows how much I pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm a no. I'm a cow. You're delicious, then, you fucker. <laughs> I love cow. I love it when it needs to be moved when I stab it with a fork. So does that make you a bovine? A bovine? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I'm using that forever now. That's so stupid. Yep. Wow. <laughs> we were completely derailed. It's fine. That's the fun parts. That's yeah, our exactly. job. Um, so where were we? <laughs> um... Uh, the part about him, uh, you thought he was a little too well-read. Um, and the the age thing, and then we were talking about the... The name. The nickname. And how, right, like, right, yeah, and right. how I wasn't sure if... Yeah, like, now it's, yeah, how he's called Brian and name redacted, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. On the, other, on the other side of things, I also... I think one of the other things I liked about the story, um, which... I think is is kind of the reason is one of the reasons the story was made is like there's this person I haven't seen since high school and because uh, that that's one of the, I think it's it's kind of a twist it's a twist on the old and on the old um, on an old story of like I haven't seen I I haven't seen this person in a while I've come to like respect them and oops they're a porn star now um, not to shame any porn stars but that's kind of like oh you my expectations of what you were have been vastly subverted yep. and this just took it to it's natural conclusion of like, oh, you're a snuff star. Oh, you're dead. You're super dead too. And then yeah, and then he goes and investigates it, or, yeah. or like, freak, like like pretty much just rips himself apart, like trying to figure out where she was, like where this all happened. And then yep. yeah, and I think it's um, I guess that is one of the things that there there is a certain like supernat there is a super almost supernatural element. Like I showed up, and then when I found then something happened and opened a door, and I found all the tapes, and then the cops showed up. Yeah, and it's like the cops showing up isn't such a big thing because it's like, oh, this dude, there's this guy who's like, I mean, he's going, he's going out of his way to get onto private property, and there's a lot of third, or you know, you condemn private property, and there's like even the Marvel Hornets guys when they talked oh. about shooting all the stuff for uh, for that show, they uh, they ended up running into the cops when they were like filming in that old like factory or whatever. Yeah. So it's not un, it's not unheard of for the for cops to show up when it's like, oh, there's there's this thing going on. Yeah, Although the fact that the fact that so many cops show up means that, that somebody tips him, Ryan hit him. Yeah, yeah I mean, fact, he, yeah. Does, he does mention that he was he may have been tipped off, or he, they may have been tipped off by something like he downloaded the wrong thing or something yeah. like that. Yeah, so they may have been monitoring him ahead of time, and they had just or like they might have also just but he again uh, wrong place at the wrong time when the cops had finally found the headquarters of this crow yeah. dude. Yeah. So. I can't remember. Did he say that? Did he say that the porn, the porn star, or the porn, the porn shop owner killed himself? Yeah. Yes. Before they even, right as they were knocking the door down, he, they blew, he blew his head off. Right. Yeah. So they, there was obviously a connection there. They, they found, they found that whole thing. So they knew about his relationship with that guy. Yeah. And so there's, there's, there's. That's kind of one of the things that I, that I, I do like is that there's, there's a, there's a hint at the supernatural <laughs> with the, with the weird crows that seem to be there all the time. But at the yeah. same time. All of it's explainable through like perfectly rational means. Mm-hmm. So again, kind of like True Detective or Twin Peaks, even. Yes. Yeah. So Twin Peaks maybe a little bit less so because they do just. Twi- like, yeah. Twin Peaks is a good one because it starts out. Super. 
except super, for well, super except for like a couple of things. <laughs> except for like oh that's the that's the who's that lady with the log? Oh, we call her the log lady. Yeah, <laughs> she just carries the log no, with her that, everywhere. I, 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 mean, I it's, see it's mon- that as mundane because that's oh, yeah, the crazy no, it's, people. It's, yeah, mon- it's, it's mundane. It's mundane. It's just it's it's mundane, but it's it's also like kind of wacky because the town's just like oh yeah, that's our log lady. Yeah, it's a very like eccentric mundane. Talk to my log. Yeah, and then you get so used to this mundanity that when the the actual things happen to make you go in question and you just like it ramps it up it gives a great sense of scale yeah and that's one of the things we've been talking about a lot this weekend is just like us uh, keeping a good sense of scale on things and like narratives or movies yeah. just, it's always been popping up in our conversations I think that and I think that's the thing that can be said about this is that there is even even with the way even with the way that it's broken up between the letter the evidence report the letter and then like the final like addendum to the evidence report is that as strangely as it's laid out, it is paced very well, I'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, there's a nice, like, you get the letter, which is, like, very well, like, constructed, and then you get, like, the information about the video, and then another letter, and then the final uh, description of the video, I believe, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I liked that juxtaposition, and I also like. Uh, I always like. Um, it's because I love Lovecraft and Cthulhu stuff, and Cthulhu was essentially written like a uh, letter. Um, so it reminds me of that stuff. Uh, but I liked how it was like all written in a state in a set of uh, like statements in a letter format. I can't remember what that's called. I used to know about that, but that was that's a that's a style of writing that is common in Gothic and. Dracula's written like that, yeah. and a lot of and Mary Shelley's Frankenstein is written like that. I can't remember what the style is called, but it, it's it's useful for gothic tales and useful for old horror because it allows your writer to embellish the event to get their ideas out that what happens, and instead of having to rely on you know describing in first person what your story is like, what you see, you're allowed to view it. You, you you're getting a view of the story through your protagonist or your narrator's eyes, and you're able to embellish it and whatever feelings they have gets interpreted to help with the information. So like a blind, uh, you know, a guy that's half blind and seeing a thing won't be able to tell it, just talk about the creeping dread and yeah. the, 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 the amorphous blob in front of me and the, the, the loud keening whales and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, it's... Um, you get their, yeah, you get their specific sense memory. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yeah, you get it like in the, in the moment and like... And they like try to recall, it, and when they recall it, they get um, what they were kind of feeling more or less than what they were actually factually seeing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I like that about that. Um, I'm trying to remember if I had anything else about this story. So we've uh, trying to remember the. I think one there there okay. I, I will say that the story didn't the story didn't scare me, but there are particular elements that did kind of unnerve me. And that's mostly because, uh, that's mostly because I am, uh, my, my weak point is weird failings in technology and distorted video effects. And that might just be because I also, like, worked on the video and the audio for this, and so I had to actually kind of dig in and think about it and, like, visualize what it looks like and then make that, make that kind of thing happen. And I know, um, any kind of, any kind of washed out or sort of distorted video, um, there's there's a really good version uh, a really good example of this was a, a thing somebody did of Rebecca Black's Friday where all they did was posterize it a little bit and wash it out and suddenly all the characters have no eyes anymore oh god 
and they're and whenever they open their mouths, they're just black voids because they just blurred everything and then posterized it, and that and the the lack of like it just all the contrast just blurred it together, and that's that's the idea I always have. That's the that's the idea and the imagery that the the words for this evoke on at least on the least the final thing where they talk about how distorted the tracks are. Yeah. Um, and just that, like it's 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 indecipherable. Like our our lip reading experts have been able to figure out what's been said because of the degradation of the tape. Yeah. Well, I mean, certainly that's why there's so many goddamn slender vlogs <laughs> that, that and like they try to use like they use distortion in that. So yeah. See, well, they, they also use they also use distortion in that because it's like that's it's what Marble tra- that's what Marble Hornets did. And they yeah. did it super good, and we can copy that formula. And, yeah, exactly. And but, it's one of those things that it's the natural progression from old writing media, like we were talking about. You know, you see it through the first person eyes, and now we've moved on to a technology technology that is film, which is look, this is Chris. This is perfectly. You don't have to worry about an interpretation of it. And then the moment you distort that, you bring back that kind of oh no, maybe maybe what I've seen and what I know isn't real. Maybe this is really what it looks like out there, or maybe maybe this is just a distortion and not. And it adds that it adds that layer of abstraction that happens when you go in first person letter writing and stuff like that, just with a new technic technology form. No, that's a good that's a good uh, observation. Never yeah. thought about that. Oh. It, it adds an unreliable narrator to a narrator that should be perfectly unerring and reliable. It, it, the all-seeing exactly. eye that will literally spit out exactly what you see all of a sudden is no longer perfect and is just as fallible as you and makes it scary. The same reason that's why it's terrifying when you when you watch a film and you can see on the monitors like there's a monster standing behind you and the people around there's nothing. Because our technology, we have such faith in it nowadays. We have such faith that nothing will break down, nothing will go on. The ring, for instance, is so terrifying because yeah. the TV cuts on, even though you cut it off, yeah, and it, it, it does all this stuff, and then she crawls out of the TV. There's always that abstraction. There's always that separation of the screen, and yeah. then she crawls through at that scariest point, and that's when everybody shits a brick, and it's the climax well, of the film. And there's also, well, and also even like a lesser version of that is when she's playing the tape at the at the. Um, we're talking about something completely different now. When yeah. she's playing the tape at the news station, and she's playing it forward, and then winding it back, and the fly keeps going, and. Uh, honestly, this is just kind of a, like the it, it's for in that in that case it's that the tape the tape is a monster and it takes the form of a tape and it knows what rules it's supposed to follow and it kind of follows them. So even when she's paused the tape, you see the fly's wings are still twitching. Yeah, and, and then she can actually pull the fly out of the video. Yeah. And it, and it and it's just a good the, this creepy pasta is a good representation of how to do that in written form. Yeah, and it's a very good way of of. Appropriating something that has clearly, you know, the, the horror story is as old as time, and it's now appropriating information and ideals and uh, aesthetics from television, video, and film, and taking what we've realized and what's used to scare on screen, and bringing it into a short film, bringing it to everybody, and showing how one of the things that I study is how everybody tries to separate and categorize things into different aspects and media forms and stuff like that when media in general I am completely sure is just this big old gross primordial ooze that just feeds off of each other and just bites one head and gets, gets information from one and then the other one and just constantly evolving yeah, yeah. 
I mean, at the end of the day, it's all just labels. Exactly. <laughs> and that's one of the things the authors have been very clear about that I've talked to this 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 week about one of my articles is they they can recognize that labels are a thing, but a lot of the authors I talk to don't agree with labeling. Um, if only because they feel it creates a delineation that it's purpose uh, solely for consumerism and like. PR and being able to separate when in reality everything is much more than that. Yeah, everything is so much more connected and yeah. and why and why it's, it's in why it's rampant in the realms of academia because in academia you have to have this is what I'm studying. Yeah. Because you can't you have to be able to designate yourself from something else. And so you have to create artificial barriers. Um, so yeah, actually, one thing I remembered uh, something that you brought up about like how uh, the letter format is very much like gothic. I like how yeah, thinking on it now, it's like yeah, I like how this is kind of using those older um, like goth, like almost like a modern gothic mm-hmm. story in terms of its storytelling. And um, yeah, and, goth- and gothic, gothic's a bad term because the gothic tale. If I I, I, I yeah, apologize to anybody that actually yeah. remembers that I've completely blanked right now. But the gothic tale is. It, it, this is actually a very good modern. I, I call it. I won't call it Southern Gothic because that's a very distinct. But it's a good modern Gothic tale because the, the modern Gothic and Gothic in general is about the exploration of an individual. And it, are they crazy? It's about them questioning their own sanity, their own belief, and then there's a probability that it's not real. The best one is the Fall of the House of Usher. Follow the House of Usher is is this individual crazy? Are the twins behind it, or is this house actually haunted? You can never tell in that one, and it's also written in a style that you know it's, it's a letter that's going back. This one is, and that and one of the big distinctions in writing styles that uh, is classical versus postmodern. And there's a lot of rules that that involves, but this is clearly a postmodern take on yeah the Gothic. Yeah, so I mean more like the format and stuff. Yes. Like also coming, yeah, also coming back to House of Lee. It's also, I guess, also in that regard that, although in this case, we know that all this media exists because there is a police report about it, at least. Yeah. And that's, well, you got to think, like, for the old old Gothic, it's, we only have the letters because they're, the, the classical literature of horror and Gothic, cosmic horror stems from the Gothic and that the haunted house is now the haunted universe. Of the yeah. Earth. yeah. They all relied on, and this is one of the things about classical, is they all relied on a hyper individual that is hyper specialized to fit the situation. So, in, so you have um, uh, Van Helsing, you have Parker. Harper and all those groups those are the only ones that are able to combat Dracula so they're the only ones you hear about in modern society we realize everybody is kind of equal on footing some are better than others and we have this glut of information from the internet so we're able to have a different viewpoint and that's one of the things in postmodern is always have a different viewpoint of an angle but with a horror, and especially this type of horror, you need to keep it angled such that you can see the problem without seeing what it actually is. Right. So having police reports brings this official one from an official side that might be a little bit more specialized than... More clinical. More clinical side than the writer, or in this case the prisoner, who's bringing the personal edge, who's seen it from the self. And you get these two angles, these two views on this unknown They're entity. They're still very hyper-specialized. They're yeah. still very hyper-specialized. 
but they they can't find what's going on and you get these two very odd juxtaposition angles to see what's going on and it creates that odd uncanny valley and the tension that we see in the paper yeah or in the story all the race creatures change but he always has okay. a mind um they keep getting wiped out right, well, uh, is there anything else you guys have on it or no I think we've we've kind of run that well pretty dry I think we've talked about the story longer than the story takes to read yeah <laughs> Um, all right, and like I said, I will be having a discussion with Dr. Leviathan when I get back um, from Gen Con. So we'll see what his discussion is. I'm, I honestly never know on, when it comes to creepy bosses. Like, I, I'll like send him a message and it'll be like, "Oh, uh, you might like this one," and, and then he like goes on to wait. He pulls out his soapbox and jumps on and starts tirading about it. But I might be wrong this time. So good thing he doesn't listen to this podcast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, um, or this radio show. Yeah. So uh, that's it for the uh, the Gen Con uh, El Dente Rigamortis partial episode. Uh, and I have been Review Cultist. Travis Gasky. Matt. All right. And uh, see you guys in a minute.